want you to just trust and I want you to root into the belief that you are worthy of having an amazing relationship and you are worthy of speaking your needs and having your needs met. And yeah, sometimes it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable and scary and that's how we grow. Welcome to The Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hi, welcome back to another episode of The Sensitive and Soulful Show. This week, we are bringing you something different. So this is actually a replay of a masterclass I taught on relationships for highly sensitive people. So you might have attended this retreat. I called it the Sensitive Souls Relationship Retreat. So you may or may not have attended. I hosted this in February of 2022. Either way, this is a great one. This was such a juicy masterclass. I covered so much as it relates to relationships. And I know that you all love when I talk about relationships because those are my top episodes on this podcast. So I know you are going to love this class that I taught. So this would be a really good one actually to have a notebook for and and take some notes and because there's going to be some exercises and some good takeaways for you. So Can't wait for you to get into this one and would love to know what you think and what you get out of it. Let's get started. So in this masterclass, you're going to learn the three most common relationship struggles for HSPs and then actionable ways to overcome them. So you'll find if you've ever taken a class with me or you've worked with me, you know I'm really big on action steps because I feel like this is important for us to really propel ourselves forward. Um, it's great, you know, to work with the mind and all of the things, but I really am a big on taking actions and, and helping, having that help us see, um, lasting change in our lives. And so I want to let you know, like, definitely stay with until the end. I'm going to let you know, kind of like the flow of everything that we are going to be covering today. But at the end of this, I'm going to do a Q and A session. So if you have any questions throughout this feel free to pop them in and my virtual assistant Shay is here and she will write down your questions and and I'll get to them at the end, but I will have dedicated time for that. So I definitely want to be able to to cover anything that comes up for you. Um, I'm also going to be sharing with you about my new course at the end of this as well, right before we do Q&A. So if you have questions about that, we'll go over that. So super excited about all the things. And so I want to remind you that this is really your time. So sink in, turn off the distractions on your phone, like grab a notebook, get comfy. And we're gonna start this out first before we dive in with a meditation. So if you're new to meditation, like just again, be open. Remember our card is openness. We're just gonna, 
there's no judgment. It's just an opportunity for you to slow down and be with yourself. So wherever you're at, as long as it's safe to do so, as long as you're not driving or anything, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to slow down your breathing. And I want you to take a deep clearing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And another one in through your nose. And out through your mouth. And throughout this meditation, you don't need to try to control your breathing or be overly focused on that. I just want you to practice just being here now without judgment, and really sinking into this current moment. I want to begin by grounding us into the space because as highly sensitive people, we do have a tendency to get overwhelmed and pick up other people's energy and really feel a lot of other people's emotions so much that it can be kind of hard to distinguish what's ours and what's someone else's. So I want you to now get in your body and begin to notice what it feels like on the surface you're sitting on. Notice the way this surface is supporting you. It's holding you up. Pay attention to if there are any sensations you might be feeling in your body. Is there anywhere you might be holding tension, tightness? See if you can breathe into these areas. Just relax a bit deeper. And I want you to now imagine that there is this red orb of light. And it's at the base of your spine where you're sitting. And as this orb of red light pulsates the bottom of your spine, I want you to feel as though you are being rooted into the surface that you're on. Let there be a grounding, rooting energy that takes place. Maybe notice you feel a little bit heavy in a good way, you feel supported. You feel just here now. And imagine any stress or anxiety is melting out through the base of the spine, leaving your body as you root deeper and deeper into your body in this present moment. you to bring your attention to your heart space and I want you to envision this pink light 
filling your heart space, filling your chest. It feels so good. It feels so blissful and nourishing and warm. It's just a feeling of true, pure love. Let yourself sink into this blissful, warm sensation, this feeling of pure love in your body. And then I want you to take this warm pink heart energy and I want you to imagine that you are now giving your energy, your pink light to everyone else on this video, all of the other beautiful sensitive souls that are tuning in at the same time as you. I want you to imagine that you're sharing this loving energy together and we're really sealing in this this beautiful space and this beautiful time that we're going to be spending together. I want you to take a couple more deep breaths in. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to this space. So you're in the right place then today if you are feeling like you often have a hard time getting your emotional needs met in your relationships. Maybe it kind of feels like your partner speaks a different language as you when it comes to their emotions. As highly sensitive people, we have a lot of emotions and big feelings and things can be intense. So a lot of times we feel like our partners just don't really get it or our friends, you know, or family members, any relationship in our lives, maybe that's hard for you. Um, maybe you struggle to feel worthy of loved. Maybe you experience a lot of anxiety and fear in your relationships, and this is kind of a huge point of contention for you. And maybe you often put your own needs on the back burner in order to make other people happy. Um, so whether that's with your romantic partnerships, with your friends, you tend to be kind of an overgiver, maybe people-pleasing tendencies. So who am I? Like, what do I know talking about this stuff? So I'll just share like some personal stuff, and then we're really going to get into the meat of this whole presentation. So my name is Alyssa. You're probably familiar with me, maybe through Instagram or podcast, however um, we got connected. But I currently live in a rural part of Orange County with my husband, Matt. We've been married since October 2020. So yes, we had a COVID wedding and yes, it was stressful, but it all worked out. Um, and I am currently pregnant with our first child. So we are having a daughter at the end of May. So that's like a whole big, exciting thing. Um, and we also have a really cute cat named Kayton, who I'm obsessed with. And that's why I'm like so sad I can't share my screen because I had a cute picture of her. But so yeah, we love our, our little life here in, in Orange County. Again, it's very rural. Our neighbors have like turkeys and, and chickens and horses. But for me, like for years, I struggled so much in my relationships. Like even when I first met my husband six years ago, like I was a completely different person. I had a ton of anxiety. I was such a people pleaser. I always was 
um, fearful of losing him because I felt like, oh, he's so great. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, I'm going to lose him. We often had times where we just butt he butted heads because he is not an HSP, by the way, and I'm very much an HSP. And so we often were speaking two different languages and it was really hard for us to kind of understand each other. So had to do a lot of work over the years to get to a place where we can be two whole, completely different people and be in a relationship that feels really fulfilling. And a, a big part of it was me doing my own inner work. I, I had a lot of self-worth issues. I struggled a lot in middle school and high school, which a lot of people did. Um, I experienced some bullying from some mean boys in high school because I had acne and I was just like tall and lanky and really awkward. And so it's really interesting how those experiences then can play out into your life as an adult. Because even though I like cleared up my acne and like looked like I was put together on the outside, on the inside I was still very much that insecure, anxious girl. And so it really impacted my relationships and um, my ability to feel safe in partnerships. And so that whole experience, learning I was a highly sensitive person when I was in my early 20s, doing this work on strengthening my relationship with myself and with um, the people in my life is a huge part of like the work I'm doing today. It's I'm so passionate about helping other highly sensitive people get to a place where they're feeling really confident and really good because I just have noticed we have so many of the same struggles, the boundaries, the people pleasing, the overgiving the you know not knowing how to speak up for what we need and so the main ways i help people are with my hsp membership the highly sensitive and soulful membership so i might have i know melissa's here so she is in my membership oh margaret's here too so some of my members are here and i'm like so proud of that sweet community um and then i'm also like i said launching my newest course which is called sensitive and soulful self-worth and that is going to be open for enrollment so like I said I'll share more about that at the end here but those are like my main ways of helping HSPs and then of course on Instagram and then my podcast so I'm like so passionate about this work and I just love connecting with with all of you <sighs> okay so let's talk about the relationships part so I want you to picture this I want you to imagine having relationships where you feel seen and accepted as you are you feel fulfilled and confident and comfortable sharing what you need like how good would that feel like it's just like things are working and no relationships are never perfect like I, I have arguments with my husband all the time you know it's normal things happen but we can have a healthy relationship and have healthy conflict and be able to navigate it with more ease and confidence and move through it in a really healthy way and so in my opinion and in my belief and everything I've learned, the truth is that we hold the key to the soul satisfying relationships that we really crave. And I believe that when we do the inner work to enhance our self-worth, the rest really begins to flow. So we can't control what anyone else does, but we can take ownership of our own experience. And of course it's like, you wanna have, you know, have relationships where there is mutual respect. Like there are some basic things that we need but there is a lot that can be done when we do this really important self-work on ourselves so we can show up to our relationships in a healthier way. So what we'll be covering today, first I'm gonna be talking about expressing our needs and how we can get better about doing that. And then I'm gonna be talking about anxiety in relationships. And then we're gonna be moving into boundaries and over-functioning. 
And then I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my new course. And if you're liking what you hear, then you might want to learn more about that. Okay, so the very first common struggle for HSPs, get your notebooks out if you like to take notes, because this is a good time to start taking notes. So common struggle number one is not feeling comfortable expressing our needs. And this can really look like this whole feeling of like, I don't know how to communicate my needs with my partner. I don't want to be a burden or they won't understand and then I'm going to be let down. And so a lot of times we feel like we don't know how to do it or we're scared. We don't want to be disappointed. They're not going to get it, especially if we have a non-HSP partner. Again, I can speak from experience. We might feel like they're just not going to get it and then I'm going to be disappointed. So whatever, I'm not even going to say anything. But the problem with that is that when we aren't speaking up at all, we end up feeling dissatisfied, resentful, and like, why am I doing so much for everyone else and they're not doing the same for me? And like, that's not a good way to live. We don't want, we're not going to have thriving partnerships when there is like this resentment bubbling beneath the surface. So there's a few reasons why I believe this is hard for HSPs. One, it's vulnerable to put yourself out there. Like, you don't want to get hurt. You don't know how the other person is going to react. And that's the hardest thing, right? It's like, you don't know. Are they going to reciprocate? Are they going to be on board? Or are they going to be like, what are you talking about? Geez, like, who do you think you are? Like, hopefully that's not the reaction. But when we put ourselves out there and we're vulnerable, it's scary. Um, the next reason we might struggle, like why this is hard for a lot of us HSPs, is we might not feel worthy of asking for what we need. And you're going to find throughout this whole um, masterclass that there is a lot of this relating back to our own self-worth, which is literally why I created a program on it, because it is like at the core for so much of this. So when we don't feel worthy of asking for what we need, this can be caused by past traumas. So maybe you had a caregiver that anytime you even like shared anything that you wanted, it was like, you're such like, stop being so dramatic or you're such a brat or like, you know, there's like very strong reactions where you learned that it was not safe to express what you needed and you were not able to receive what you needed. And so you might've learned that, oh, it's not okay for me to ask for what I need. It's unsafe. I am in, as children, when we have these kinds of um, things happen to us, we can quickly and naturally form this belief that like, I'm not, I am broken, I am wrong, and I am not worthy of having this thing that I desire, so I'm not even gonna say anything. And so this can happen to us at a young age and really play out in the rest of our life. And then third, it's it can be really hard for us to know how to communicate it. So that can, it can look like if you've gone most of your life repressing your voice, not saying what you need, always putting everyone else above you, then it's going to be like completely foreign to even know how to communicate your needs with somebody else. It's like speaking a new language. Like I know for myself, I really struggled with communicating my needs. And so when I first started doing it, it was uncomfortable. And I had, I had to learn how to sit with that discomfort and, you know, learn some healthy ways to cope with it, which I'll, I'll touch on a bit here, but yeah, it's, it's foreign and it's brand new. So now let's go into how to start speaking up. These are just some, some ways, it's not all of the ways, but it's some ways that I've found to be really helpful. So number one, like I said, I'm a big action taker. So I want you to try practicing very small moments of vulnerability first, like very, very small. 
I want you to try, if you're the type who, like, anytime your partner or your friends are like, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? And you're like, oh, I don't care, whatever you want. Like, try having an opinion. Even if you don't feel strongly about it, like, have an opinion. I, I would love to go get Italian food tonight. Or, you know, I would like to watch this TV show tonight rather than always going along with what the other person wants to do. And this might sound silly and, like, small, and it's like, oh, is that really going to make a difference? But... Yes, because the point is, it's you are starting to get yourself in the energy of having an opinion and speaking up and sharing what feels good to you. Um, and so it makes you more like aware of what that feels like for yourself. And it's also proving to yourself, it's kind of building some self-trust. Like, hey, I can, I can have my own back. I can state what I need. And so this was actually a big way that I started feeling more comfortable speaking up and communicating my needs. And now I've been able to move to larger things, but I always recommend starting small because as HSPs, we have very sensitive nervous systems. And so it can feel very overwhelming for us to make a big change right away. And so we really do have to be mindful of how sensitive our nervous systems are. And I'm not saying this in a way it's like, you're weak or whatever you have, like not at all. It's literally just having awareness and kind of working your way to bigger, bigger um, opportunities. So start small. The next thing that's really, really important is you want to examine why you may or may not feel worthy of having your needs met. This is a big one. This isn't something that happens overnight, but it's something to start examining. So maybe they're like, I want you to kind of reflect on, did you feel burdensome as a child? Do you feel selfish when you ask for what you need? Maybe do you feel lucky, just lucky that you even have this partner or friend and so you're kind of afraid that like if I speak up for what I need, then I'm, I might lose them. Like kind of just examine without judgment, like what kind of comes up for you? So that would be something to, to really journal on and, and start to like just kind of get curious about. And again, that's like the deeper self-work here, and this is again related to the program I'm doing because we're going to dive into all of these things because it's not just something that happens overnight. But just to share from my own experience, like I definitely had this belief that like I was a brat, I was I was selfish if I ever asked for what I needed because in my family I was often like had the big emotions and would have these outbursts, and so I felt like I was so difficult, and so I would have this kind of like internal belief that like. I'm difficult, like I shouldn't ask for what I need because then people are going to think I'm like a selfish brat. It wasn't true, but it was this old belief that I was holding on to. So it's really helpful to start kind of looking at, at those things and just becoming aware of, of what that might be for you. And then the last thing I, tip I would share on this is I want you to practice then stating your need clearly and directly. And so this is something that will take some time to kind of work up to, but here's like an example. So if you would love more quality time after work with your partner, practice like being very clear about what that looks like for you instead of kind of like hinting at it like, oh, you're always on your phone or like, oh, you're always watching football or whatever. You could say very clearly, I love having chill time together after work. It makes me feel so connected to you could we make it a priority to do this a few nights a week? 
And this again sounds simple and it is, but it's not necessarily always easy to do this. And this was something I learned in couples counseling with my husband before we got married. The therapist really taught me like a lot of times I was beating around the bush and just expecting him to read my mind. And he he was like, I don't, I don't know that you care about that. You didn't tell me. And so a lot of times it helps to kind of learn your partner's um, way of speaking and what kind of like how they best will receive communication from you. And of course it's like, it goes both ways, right? Like we want to learn about our partner's way of communicating and it's also helpful for our partner to learn about our way of communicating. So again, in my relationship, my husband is not sensitive and I am. And so I had to learn how to speak more directly so that it was like I would get my point across. And he also had to learn how to speak more gently and understand that sometimes I was just sharing things because I needed somebody to hold space for me emotionally and I did not need it to be fixed. And so that's actually another tip I would share. If if you feel like your partner is not giving you like space emotionally, like you want to share about a bad day at work or something just to like vent and your partner is always like, oh, that's not a big deal or, oh, you should just do this to fix it. Practice stating clearly before you share what your, what your hope is to get out of the share. So this can look like, um, hey, I had like a really weird day at work. I don't need advice on it. I don't, you know, I just want to share. I'm, I'm just like kind of upset about this and it would just make me feel better to vent this to you or whatever, like being very clear about what your intentions are. That was another trick we learned from our therapist that helped us so much. And I was like, really? And it really did. So um, those are some, some things here. So through all of this, I just want you to remember that you are worthy of having the relationships you desire. And so if some of what I've shared here is like a little uncomfortable, you're like, I don't know if I could do this or is, is this really gonna work? I want you to just trust and I want you to root into the belief that you are worthy of having an amazing relationship and you are worthy of speaking your needs and having your needs met. And yeah, sometimes it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable and scary and that's how we grow. We grow through the discomfort and we can survive the discomfort because it's either that, I always tell people this, it's either that we survive that discomfort, we put our, you know, we do the thing or we stay where we're at and we're, we stay resentful and we stay frustrated and unfulfilled. And so you're worthy of, of having all of these things. And it's just really like strengthening a new, mus a new muscle that you haven't like used before. <laughs> so that is that. And I would love for you guys to let me know, like, what is one step that you will take to start speaking your needs? Like, what's one small step? Maybe it's the sharing where you're going to go off to eat, or maybe you're at a point where you want to tell your partner, you know, you have more of an expectation about the time you spend together. It's, it's not like a thing where it's finger pointing, but it's more like, this experience made me feel this way and not you did this to me. And I, and it can be kind of hard because immediately sometimes we go on the defense. I'm definitely... Um, guilty of doing that and so I found that when we can share like this made me feel this way but not you did this to me it can help and a lot of times too it can be less um, natural for some people to talk through problems and so it's one of those things you kind of have to have to start working on and I would always recommend uh, couples therapy too if it's like really a sticky thing like this is just one master class but couples therapy even a few sessions is like really helpful okay Let's talk about the second struggle. 
<sighs> this was my biggest one. It's feeling anxious in our relationships. And so what this can really look like, how it can manifest is constantly worrying about the other person losing interest and leaving us. So it's like, oh my gosh, like we're like walking on eggshells almost like afraid that one wrong move or just like being imperfect one time could cause them to want to leave us and and then we're screwed. And so it's like that constant anxious energy of like, just like trying to be perfect. At least this is how it kind of manifested for me. Another way this can show up is avoiding all conflict because we're afraid of what could happen. So again, it's like, if I'm not perfect, if I don't show up in the right way, then like this could be bad. They could leave me, they could overreact. And when we do that, when we're constantly like avoiding conflict and trying to um, never upset our partner, never have any any rifts at all. We're not being true to ourselves and that's where more resentment will build, right? Because we're like constantly feeling like, oh, I'm just trying to always make them happy and I don't want to make any mistakes, but we're really not being true to ourselves and then we're just feeling like more and more disconnected from ourselves. So the last way I've found, there's many ways anxiety can show up in relationships, but um, another way that I see often that I can also speak from experience on is overextending ourselves to really keep the person around and keep them happy. So that might look like like being overly accommodating, like you're putting all of this pressure to, on yourself um, to like make the perfect dinner, do all the dishes, like always have your hair put together, always being perfect or always like making their lunch and plan scheduling everything you know what I mean like you're overextending yourself and trying to make yourself indisposable is the word I'm thinking of like indisposable like they will never want to leave me because I'm so good right like look how good I am to you look how much I do for you and so that's another way that anxiety can really show up in our relationships and that again it takes us away from ourselves and so reasons why HSPs I believe struggle with this are number one coming back to worthiness there's Worthiness is seriously below the surface for so, so much of this. And so we might not feel worthy of the relationship. There might be this like belief consciously or unconsciously, like eventually they were, they're going to see that I'm not good enough. They're going to see my true colors. Again, this was something that was super real for me. I was like, my husband's going to see that I'm like this dramatic person or that I'm so sensitive and I'm so emotional and he's going to not want to be with me anymore. Like that was very real for me. And it was really a self-worth thing because I was still holding a ton of shame for my sensitivity and my true nature. And then another reason is an anxious attachment style. And this really stems for, from our attachment to our primary caregivers as children. So if you had a caregiver who maybe wasn't available to you, maybe they were gone a lot, traveling or, you know, in and out of your life, that can cause an anxious attachment style. Um, maybe you had a caregiver that was like very unpredictable. So maybe they like would blow up sometimes and just like go off and you're like, it was very overwhelming for you. And especially for us as highly sensitive people, like I said, our nervous systems are very sensitive. And so something that might be small and in insignificant to someone else is going to feel a lot bigger to us. And so this can really cause an anxious attachment style in us if we have, I mean, it, can, it happens to anybody, but um, for us as sensitive people, we tend to be more affected by trauma because of our nervous systems. And so if you're, you're kind of feeling like not fully safe with your caregiver, you can, might feel very anxious and then that shows up in your relationships. And then last is 
past relationship wounding. So, of course, this probably all would, would stem from experiences you may have had in childhood, but a lot of us then go on to kind of repeat toxic relationship patterns. And then this further kind of um, solidifies these beliefs we have about ourselves and relationships. So there's a lot of um, highly sensitive people that end up in relationships with narcissistic people. And from what I've like researched about this and learned about this, a lot of times it's because uh, as empaths and highly sensitive people, we often have such an abundant need to care for others and you know this if it's coming from a healthy place great but sometimes it's coming from a place to kind of fill a void within ourselves and for people who are narcissistic they sense that from a person if somebody's very empathetic they're a prime target to be somebody who can always be doting on them and giving them all of the attention and so a lot of times we can get ourselves into these toxic relationship patterns, which then causes anxiety in our future relationships. And so just to share a personal example here, um, when I was in college, I had this relationship that was super, super toxic um, that my boyfriend at the time was very, uh, very disrespectful to me. He would always be like, oh, you can't take a joke. And he would make fun of me in front of people, call me a crybaby. And it was like one of those things where I was like, I could either stand up for myself and then he would make fun of me for doing that in front of people or I could um, stay small and not say anything, which is what I often did. And then I felt like I just honestly hated myself because I was like, you're letting this person talk to you like that. Like, that's not okay. And then not to mention this, this boyfriend ended up being unfaithful. And so my next relationship after that was with my husband. And so I had a lot of baggage to unpack because I went into my future relationship with my husband and I was like, oh man, he's so great. But I had all of these anxieties that I was carrying from my past relationship. And so all of these can really impact us. How we can then kind of start doing the work to overcome these, these anxious tendencies in relationships. Number one, you know what I'm going to say, which is strengthening your self-worth. And so it's really important to kind of start exploring where these low self-worth beliefs and behaviors might be stemming from and like what old beliefs you're holding on to from your younger years. So in my example, like I put up with this toxic behavior from this past boyfriend because at my core, I was still holding on to really low self-worth about myself. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, I had boys in high school who were jerks who would bully me for having acne and just like made me feel like I was super awkward and and so I carried that with me and so I had this feeling like I'm awkward I'm not pretty enough I'm dramatic I'm too sensitive and so I allowed myself to be treated poorly and felt very anxious and kind of unsteady in my relationships because I wasn't feeling good at my core and so it's really important to kind of start examining that and again like journaling is helpful my program that I'm going to be sharing about again is helpful because it's like ways to really work through this and like do the deep work to undo it and rewrite your story. Um, another really important like key thing for us to know how to do in our relationships is learning how to self-regulate and self-soothe. So again, I'm just sharing lots of stories here because it helps me teach the best. Um, so like I said, I had a lot of anxiety in the beginning of my relationship with my husband due to past 
traumatic relationships, being cheated on, things like that. And so anytime it would take him like a long time to text me back, I would start to get really anxious. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to leave me. He doesn't love me anymore. And I would like go to this place where I felt very on edge and unsafe in my body. And so I learned over time that I had to learn how to self-regulate and self-soothe. And so there's so many great ways for us to do this. And this is essential, again, for us as highly sensitive people because we have so many emotions and so many feelings and so many things that come up. It can be very overwhelming to our systems. And so you really want to know how to self-soothe because it's on us to be able to take care of ourselves in that way and bring ourselves back to a, a state of homeostasis and feeling safe in our bodies. So Marina on the call here is the expert on this, but some awesome ways that I, I like to self-regulate. Um, I'm a big fan of EFT tapping. So if you're not familiar with that, it's emotional freedom technique. You tap on different meridians on the body and like tapping on them now. It's a great way to kind of like release stress and calm your system. Another great one is the VU, VU exercise where you literally are like saying VU very deep from your belly. And so this, um, if you just Google it, you'll find it. It's really cool. This activates your vagus nerve, which actually calms your body. Another awesome one, if you're like really activated and really stressed, try taking an ice pack and putting it on your chest and just like laying down for 15 to 20 minutes with the ice pack on your chest. And that will also activate your vagus nerve and calm your system. Um, so those are some ways. I also love weighted blankets. I love going for walks, breathing deep into my belly. All of these are really great ways um, because anxiety happens, anxiety comes up and conflicts happen in relationships and conflicts can be very triggering, of course, and bring up some of those old fears. And so when you can learn how to self-regulate, then you can go into the conversations you need to have with your partner or with your friend, your family member, and you can be a little bit more clear and grounded because your system is, is more regulated. And then finally, I always encourage having a safe space to work through your experience. So whether that is therapy, um, working with a mentor or coach, um, being in a healing community, I always recommend as HSPs, we be in community with other HSPs, which is why I've created my programs because as many of you are seeing on this call, you're seeing like, oh, I'm not alone. Like there's other people who literally understand this experience. And how healing is that to know you're not alone when so many of us felt so misunderstood and alone like there is healing in that and knowing you're not alone in your experience so the vibe of this this whole anxiety in relationships thing is when you believe you are worthy then you trust that your presence is a gift to others so do you see how that feels it's like because when we're not feeling worthy, then we're kind of feeling that like edginess, that like anxiety, like, oh no, if I mess up, they're gonna leave. Oh no, if, if it takes them too long to respond, they're gonna leave me. You know what I mean? So it's like at, at our core, we're feeling like, um, you know, like we're not good enough. And we're, it's so easy for someone to leave us. And when you start doing this inner work and you start to believe that you are worthy, then you see like, people are lucky to have me in, in their life. I am an empathetic, loving, caring, awesome human, and me being in their life is a gift. And they are better off because I'm in their life. And if that feels far off to you, I totally understand. It took me some time to get to this place, but it's totally possible. It's just all about really doing that inner work and getting to a, a spot where you're like, oh yeah, like I am pretty awesome. So 
let's talk about the third big struggle and this is this is a big one so lack of boundaries and feeling responsible for everyone else and so the feeling here is really like if i don't do it who will i can't feel good unless my partner is happy no one sees how much i do for them this is a common hsp empath kind of feeling i have found because it's one of the most common things i hear from from this community is just feeling like we always have to do so much for others and I want to speak quick on overfunctioning too because when I learned about what overfunctioning was it was very eye-opening for me so what overfunctioning is is like it's taking responsibility for um, the smooth functioning of your relationship and so this can look like doing tasks for your partner because you don't really trust that they're gonna get it done and you just want to make sure things get done so there's you know, it's all taken care of or giving your giving advice to all of your friends without them asking. You're like, oh, I know it's best for you. So I'm going to I'm going to do this for you. Or it's um, like keeping your mouth shut and not sharing your beliefs that are very important to you because you don't want to upset the other person. And so when I learned what overfunctioning was, I was like, oh, my gosh, I like I totally do that. And I think from talking to so many HSPs, I hear the same. And so let's kind of talk about why HSPs struggle with this, and then we'll go into how to overcome it. Start overcoming it. It's a process. Um, so number one, we were maybe re rewarded for being the caretaker. So maybe being the responsible one became part of your identity. Maybe you always heard like, oh, you're so responsible. You're so on top of things, or you just don't cause any problems. You're the easy child, like things like that can then become ingrained in us as like, oh, I have to be a caretaker. I have to do everything for everyone else. Like, this is me. This is who I am. Who am I if I'm not caretaking everyone else? If I'm not on top of everything, if I'm not helping everybody, it becomes our identity. And, you know, maybe you get a sense of self-worth from being always being there for everyone else. And so again, it's kind of like filling that void. It's like, relating our worthiness to how much we give to others. And at our core, it might be this kind of a fear of like being rejected if we aren't always giving because it kind of relates back to that anxiety, right? It's like, if I'm not always giving, if I'm not always showing up for people, they might realize that I'm not that great and then they're gonna leave me and I'm gonna be alone. And so we're always like really overdoing it and overextending ourselves to really show like, see, I'm indispensable, like, I'm here for you all the time. Like I am a worthy person because I'm always here. And then the last one is maybe it's how you kept yourself safe as a child. So you might've had again, a, a caretaker who was unpredictable and you didn't know what to expect from them, but you did know that when you were taking care of everything, when you were quiet, when you were doing what you were told, when you were not causing any rifts, then you were safe and then it was okay. And it was a literal su survival mechanism. And there is no shame in that, by the way, none. We can't help what happened to us in our past, but we don't want to keep repeating this into adulthood. And so it's really important to start kind of gaining some awareness around your own patterns. And then the last thing I'll actually add here is like, as highly sensitive people, we have an abundance of empathy, right? Like we sense other people's feelings. We want to help them. We ha literally have more active mirror neurons in our brains, which are responsible for empathy. So we have a lot of empathy. We want to help. This is a beautiful thing, but we can't help in a way that supports us if we are constantly depleted. So how we can overcome this is first 
really doing the work to get to know yourself. So a lot of us, again, like struggle to speak up for what we need. We're scared to like communicate what we need. And so we get to a point where we don't even know ourselves. We don't even know what we like. We don't know what we dislike. And so start kind of getting curious about yourself. If you feel disconnected from you, start to ask yourself, like, what do I like? What lights me up? What, what depletes me? I want you to start getting more familiar with you and your essence. And this can even be a practice, like if you're doing something, consciously say to yourself, I like this. Or if you don't like something, consciously say to yourself, I don't like this. And start kind of just like getting curious about your own needs. Because a lot of times for us as sensitive people, we can become our um, identity and our, our, our essence, I guess, can really become so wrapped up in everyone else. Like we're just absorbing so much that we, we get kind of like, we're like morphing into others. And so the idea is kind of to get back to yourself and get to know yourself. And I have a free cord cutting meditation for sensitive people that I can share out if, if you haven't tried that, um, that's a really good one to kind of help you get into disconnecting from other people's energy. And then again, this is something we'll cover in, in that program as well that I'm gonna share about where you will literally learn how to set boundaries and get back into your own energy. The next way that is important for us to kind of work on overcoming the, the lack of boundaries and the over-functioning is to really explore where you might be attaching your worth to over-giving. So what are you making your giving mean about yourself? And where might this have stemmed from? So getting curious, like I said, about those past experiences, was it a way to keep yourself safe? Was it um, something you were always complimented on? One of my past clients, she really struggled with people pleasing and what she shared with me is that her mom was like the most selfless woman. Like they always had an open door. They always, like people were in and out and her mom was just never said no. And so when she saw that modeled for her and she loved her mom and, and you know, really respected her. And so that caused her to then start being a people pleaser herself and, and over giving to the point where she was drained. Like it's a beautiful thing to be a loving, caring person. And I never want anyone to feel like, oh, I have to change who I am in order to like set boundaries. I have to like become a different person. Like not at all. Boundaries are a way to create space for yourself and to honor yourself. And if you're always over giving to everybody else, then you are left being neglected, right? So it's important to kind of explore your own self-worth relationship to giving and to being a caretaker and being compassionate and see where you might be attaching too much of your identity to the overgiving. And then finally, setting small boundaries. So this is one of my favorite ways of kind of starting to move into a place of having larger boundaries. And so this is, again, kind of the small action steps to get you into the energy of taking bigger, scarier actions down the road. And so small boundary examples can be like, if you always are a quick responder when someone texts you, like you immediately drop what you're doing and you text the person back, like practice setting a time limit. Maybe you're going to respond in one hour. Maybe it's you're only going to respond to texts between a certain time of day or something like that. It's really these small moments where you can get into the energy, again, of having your own back and seeing what that feels like to not always drop everything that you're doing for everyone else. And this might be uncomfortable, it probably will, if you're always feeling like you're always there for everyone else. And so 
lean into some of those self-regulation techniques that I shared with you. Like anytime you ha are doing something that triggers a feeling of anxiety or um, dysregulation, th that's an opportunity to soothe yourself. Doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means you're doing something new. And you wanna soothe yourself as you move through into expanding into these new behaviors. Yeah, and it's really interesting, like for me, I had to learn how to set boundaries with with the work that I do because I was getting lots of messages on Instagram with people like sharing really heavy stuff with me. And I would drop everything I was doing and respond to people and it was like taking a lot of my energy and I love to help people, like that's literally why I got into this work. But I started to feel very leaky and like I was always giving all of my time to everyone else and I was like, I don't even know like how I feel. And so that's a sign that we need to set boundaries. If there's any sort of like resentment or loss of self or we're just feeling like very scattered, it's an opportunity to root back to ourselves and set a healthy boundary. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely take your time with the texting back. Um, let me think of some other, I mean, also another thing that I love to do is having like if you have friends that are very like those loving understanding friends the ones that are not going to get mad at you if if you have to cancel about something like have moments of um have people that you can kind of practice in a safe way with setting boundaries like i did this with with one of my um, business friends like we would meet weekly and then there were times where i couldn't meet and in the past i would have just said, oh no, it's fine. Um, I can have this meeting anyway. I don't want to be like unreliable. But when I started to honor myself, I would see like, I actually can't meet with you this week. And I would share this with him and he was very rece respectful and responsive and understanding. And so it was an opportunity for me to kind of get into that energy of speaking up for what I need. And it made me feel really empowered and proud of myself. And so those baby steps really get you to a place where, um, you know, you're feeling like, okay, I can do this. And again, it's like that I have my own back energy. It's a self-trust. It's teaching ourselves that we can trust ourselves. Setting healthy boundaries is really a way that you show the world that you value yourself. It's, I have my own back. I've got this. And so as we've gone through these points here, can you see how much our self-worth impacts our relationships? Like that is really at the core for so much of this. And it's, it changes not only it changes the way we interact in our relationships in general like even the way we navigate conflicts like i'll be completely transparent with you because again i like to teach from my own experiences and stories like i had an argument with my husband this past weekend and i was like oh my gosh like i was so triggered i'm like how can i be teaching a relationships master class when i had this argument with my husband but i navigated navigated it in a way that i'm so proud of because in my past, I would have totally gone into kind of like people pleasing and trying to diffuse it and trying not to like ever have any conflict because again, I had those old, those old anxious tendencies. But in this scenario, I was like, no, like I'm going to hold my ground. I am a worthy person. I deserve to do this. I deserve to speak my needs. My voice matters. And so I did that and we were able to resolve the conflict in a way we had not <laughs> done in our past. And I know for a fact that my own feelings about myself and my own firmness and who I am and my own worth was huge in doing that. Because when we kind of replay the same old patterns of like feeling like we're not good enough and, you know, just kind of trying to smooth things over and not ever like 
having our own back, we're going to keep repeating those same patterns. And so it took time to get to this place, but like that was such a clear example of growth for me. And I was really proud of myself for navigating that. And it's like our relationship is stronger because of it. So I don't want to like ever seem like, oh, if you're, you know, you do this work, you're never going to have a conflict. It's part of relationships, but you can learn to navigate that in a way that feels good. With all of this, like I said, um, I'm gonna share with you just the ways that we can work together. I'm gonna talk a little bit about this program because I'm so excited about it. And then we'll do the Q&A. So um, you can start asking your questions along the way and then we will uh, get into that at the very end. But like I said, my program, Sensitive and Soulful Self-Worth is officially open for enrollment. This is a seven week online self-paced course and it's really going to provide you with a clear roadmap for how you can go from feeling insecure and self-conscious and kind of second-guessing yourself all of the time so that you can move to a place where you're feeling more confident and worthy and you can really cultivate those healthier relationships not only with yourself but with the people in your life because like i shared today when we do this inner work on ourselves it really uplifts the relationships that we have in our life through this program, the things that you're gonna put into action are really examining your low self-worth stories and any blind spots that you might have. Um, you're going to be learning emotion regulation techniques. So like I shared, the EFT tapping, the VU, um, you're gonna have like a whole library of videos that will teach you how to regulate your emotions, which will come in handy in your daily life and as you do this deep work. Um, you're gonna work on rewriting old unhelpful relationship beliefs we're gonna be doing work to release the low self-worth beliefs. So anything that is like stuck, that you keep repeating that you're unconscious to, this, these are the types of things that we're really gonna be working through. And then you're gonna gain strategies to set boundaries and communicate your needs. So I'm gonna be providing um, scripts for boundaries for those harder, scarier boundaries. Like you're going to have support and getting to a place where you can communicate those. So it's gonna be taking the baby steps and getting to a place where you can actually do the bigger, scarier ones, scarier. Um, and then we're really gonna be identifying self-sabotaging behaviors and any ways that you're kind of blocking yourself from what you want. We wanna move through that so you can get, get to a place where you're taking action and doing the things you really wanna do. So there's five modules, it's seven weeks. Um, so the first module is all about identifying and assessing your self-worth. So it's really seeing where you are at currently. And I have this broken out into relationships, how your self-worth is affecting your ability to set boundaries, how it's affecting your productivity, because a lot of us have this like overachiever bone in us and we're always trying to like prove ourselves and prove ourselves and do all the things. And like, that was me, <laughs> like so huge. And so we're gonna be looking at that. And then we're gonna be going into really understanding your self-worth story. We're gonna be looking at your childhood and looking at any past traumas. We're gonna be doing shadow work. And so that's gonna be a two week module where we're really gonna dive deep together um, to work through these things. And then the third module, we're gonna do a deep dive on relationships. And this is another two week module and this is gonna be really in depth. So if you liked this masterclass, like this is gonna be 10 times more. Um, so we're gonna dive into the different attachment styles. We're gonna be looking at how being a highly sensitive person impacts us in relationships and causes us to relate to others in relationships. And then we are gonna be learning ways to communicate our needs even more in depth, things like that. We're gonna do a module all on boundaries and self-trust and confidence. And then the final thing we're gonna be talking about is really 
the shift your self-worth action plan. So how can you put this into action in your daily life? Like I said, all of those modules, and this will be a self-paced format, and that will be in the form of videos. You're gonna get meditations, you're going to get the self-regulation library, and then there's gonna be workbooks along the way. And then two additional bonuses that you are also going to get in your program are a whole mini course on self-healing for the sensitive soul. And so this is really learning how you can use life's triggers as a way to grow and heal and not letting triggering things be something that's so terrible, but actually let it be something that helps you expand and grow. So that's like one of my favorite things to teach on. And then there's also a bonus mini course on breaking through limiting beliefs. And so the total value of this course is 1650 but the course price is $5.55. So I'm really excited about that. And if you have questions about the course, we can also talk about that in the Q&A session because I'm super excited. Like, I think it's really important for us to be able to do this work together. And so I know that you all showed up today for a specific reason. Like there are a million things you could be doing, but you're here for a reason. Maybe you were feeling like you're tired of feeling like your needs don't matter and like people don't really see you. Maybe you're feeling like you struggle to feel worthy of love, like many of you said, and you're spending a lot of time feeling fearful or anxious. Maybe you tend to put your needs on the back burner and you're not making enough time for you. And maybe you just wanna feel more confident in yourself and in your relationships. So whatever brought you here today is perfect. Like we came together for a reason today and I'm so happy that you joined. And so you might have doubts about this self-worth work. Like you might want to do it, but you're like, I don't know. Maybe you're worried about like if you'll have enough time to do all of the work that will go into it. And so, like I said, it's totally self-paced so that you can break it up in the way that works for you. And then I want you to remember like you are worth making time for you. So let this be your first lesson. Like you are, val you are valuable and you are worth taking this time for too to really dive into learning about yourself. And some people might be feeling like, okay, can't I just do this on my own and like do research? And of course that's always an option. My, my thing is what I've learned over time is that when we do things within community and we have support along the way and we have a mentor along the way, we can really get to where we want to go a lot faster. And so this program is really my own personal proven roadmap from how I got from feeling so insecure and anxious in my relationships and second guessing myself to getting to a place where I'm building on the business of my dreams and having a relationship with my husband that feels really good. It was all of this self-worth work. And so I'm just like fired up to share about it in this program. And another thing that kind of comes up for people is this fear of overwhelm. And this is like my biggest thing as an HSP. Like I often won't sign up for things because I'm scared I'll get overwhelmed. So I want you to know like this was created for HSPs by an HSP. So the intent of it is for it to be very manageable with bite-sized lessons. So the video lessons are very bite-sized and action-oriented, so you can kind of move the needle forward without feeling like, oh, this is too much information. Like, I don't like that. And then I also have um, a couple of integration weeks built in so that you have extra time to like do the homework and process and you're not like rushing and overwhelmed. And the last thing that I will say is I know some people might feel like, Will this actually make a difference? Like I've been this way for so many years, like I've tried all these things, like is it really gonna help? And my promise to you is if you commit to doing this work, digging deep, showing up, it will absolutely make a lasting difference in your life. Like I have no doubt about it. I've seen awesome transformations in the clients that I've worked with 
and in myself. And so that's why I wanted to package this up into a program for you. And I really think it's like the basis to help highly sensitive people go into the world and feel really confident and good and have relationships that feel really good. We have to feel really good with ourselves first. So lots of information there. Okay, I will start the Q&A session now. So I'm gonna start with these uh, questions I see here at the bottom. Is there payment plans available? Yes, Cassandra, so that is on that website. So you can do 197 per month for three months is the payment plan option. So let's see, I'm going through these questions here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for the kind words. Jen, do you think your relationship with your husband got way better because you worked on yourself or was it more so the couple's counseling? So it was definitely both. It was definitely both. So first off, I was only able to get to a place where I felt comfortable, like confidently saying to him, like, let's get couples therapy because I was doing work on myself to feel empowered and confident in myself. <laughs> um, because in the past, I, I might not have felt comfortable sharing that. So it was definitely a combination of both. And like we learned, we did three sessions with the counselor. And so what she really helped us with the most was um, learning how to communicate in the same language to each other and how to like kind of meet each other where we were at. So that was the bulk of the work that we did with her. Um, but the way my self-worth and, you know, all of that inner work really helped was it allowed me to then continue to navigate the relationship in a way that was very empowering for me and being able to feel confident speaking up for what I needed. I had to do that inner work. I had to work on my own anxious attachment. Like the counselor had said to me, she's like, you have an anxious attachment. And I was like, oh crap. And so I had to start doing, kind of taking a look at what, what that was for me and how I could undo it. And so I did a lot of inner child work. I did a lot of shadow work. I did a lot of looking at um, my experience as an HSP and all of that really, really helped strengthen my relationship. So I would say it was definitely both. Anna, how much time is required each week to do the course? So I would say one, about one and a half hours, two hours max, whatever you are able to dedicate time for. Like if you wanna break it up into chunks and try to get to like an hour to two hours a week, that would be perfect. Again, I made everything very bite-sized and manageable because I know as highly sensitive people, we do get overwhelmed. And so I like to keep things simple and not overwhelming and not so much and not a huge time commitment, but we do also need to take time for ourselves, right? So I would say, yeah, one to two hours per week would, would help you navigate through and having those two integration weeks will really help. So if there's anywhere you're kind of feeling like you're not able to keep up with the pace, that will help you to catch up and, and have that time. So you have lifetime access, actually, I don't know if I said that. When you, when you sign up, you have access to all of the content, so you're able to revisit or take as long as you need, depending on, on where you're at and what, what you have going on in your life. Um, okay. And now I'm looking at some of the messages or the questions that Shay sent to me. So again, just keep them coming in the, in the comments and I'll keep going through these. So Kiana, what if, what if your partner has more of an avoidant attachment type? So that is definitely going to be hard. If you're more anxious and your partner is more avoidant, there is an awesome Instagram page um, called this. I think it's the secure attachment Instagram. She shares really, really good tips about how you can kind of come together with the two attachment styles because the whole goal is for both parties to get to a point of having a secure attachment. And so as an anxious person with an avoidant 
partner, for instance, it's going to be really important to um, have those self-soothing techniques to understand that when you, like, when you can start recognizing that your partner is being avoidant and having those tendencies, understanding and trusting that it's not about you, but it's that that is their way of responding and like kind of taking care of themselves and keeping themselves safe. So I would say as an anxious person with an avoidant partner, you're really, really going to want to hone in on um, the self-soothing and self-regulation so that you don't feel so thrown off and overwhelmed by, by their actions and behaviors. And if this is like a really big point of contention, definitely seeking out that therapy, I think is always really helpful. Um, another question is, should we still be, shouldn't we still be considerate of timing and confrontation? Yes, definitely want to be considerate of timing and confrontation. So I think one of the best things I've learned that's helped me in my relationships is on, it's timing and knowing when to bring things up and having a good conversation um, at that time. So in even the way that you kind of like energetically are in the space. So for instance, I've had times where um, I wanted to talk about something with my partner and he was sitting down and I was standing up and it doesn't make for an equal energy. And he even said that he's like, I just feel like you're like talking down at me right now. And so being mindful of the timing, you know, having these harder conversations when you both have space and not when you're frazzled, you know, like also it's really important and helpful to regulate yourself before you go into having these emotional conversations. And so the techniques I've shared will be really supportive with that. Again, reading more questions here. So Rachel had asked, how do we let our partner know that it is okay to voice their needs to if we sense they have past trauma and fears too? So I would say modeling this, you being vulnerable and, and voicing your needs and showing that it's okay to show up vulnerably is a great way. Like I'm always a big fan of leading by example in our lives. And so you can kind of lead the way for your significant other to see like, oh, it's okay to share share our needs. And then also like very clearly communicating that, like if you sense that um, your partner wants to share something but they might feel nervous, like just calling that out, like, hey, I can tell something's up for you. Like, I'm here for you. Do you want to talk about it? And just really sh showing up as like a, um, safe, comforting space for them is going to be really helpful. Okay, Sierra had asked, how do you find more of yourself? So my answer would be really doing this work that I'm sharing about in the self-worth course is going to be a great way to really connect with yourself because a lot of times we just kind of become like, this is how I feel. We become um, like, I picture we are at our core, right? We come into the world, we are whole, worthy our true selves and then we go into the world and we have these experiences we hear things from society we hear things from our family we get these beliefs poured on top of us and it takes us further and further away from ourselves. I picture it kind of like layering on top of us right and so we have to kind of break through those layers and get to the core of who we are and get reconnected with ourselves and so Again, I'm like a big fan. I love the inner child work. I love doing the shadow work. I kind of I like to look at past traumas and like what's going on that is um, creating that layer between our true selves. If that makes sense, I'm a very visual person, and so I just visualize it like that. So we want to start to chip away at these things and get to the core of who we are. And so that is that's really my my whole point in this course is like coming back home to yourself. I 
I have felt like it's the most perfect time to do this and bring it into the world as I'm pregnant with a little girl because it's very apparent to me how perfect we come into the world and how untouched we are. And so I really want to help us each get back to that place. Um, Hillary asked, how do we deal with energy vampires, the super negative soul-sucking people at work or in life? That is so real. Okay, I'm a big fan of energetic boundaries and cord cutting. So um, I'm going to write down to send you guys the cord cutting meditation so I don't forget along with this deck. Um, but energetic boundaries are super helpful. So I'm not going to go into like a whole lesson on these right now, but Basically, a really great way to set an energetic boundary is to imagine you have a shield around yourself and imagine that their other people's energy bounces off the shield and within this shield, you are safe. You are connected to yourself and everything else bounces off. And I believe this only works when we actually do the work to get connected to ourselves first. And so I would say do a cord cutting meditation, disconnect from all of the, the energy, and then set that shield around yourself to kind of protect your space. And so a lot of it is intentionality. A lot of it is doing work on yourself to kind of get again into that belief that like, I'm worthy of holding my own space. I don't need to take on everyone else's stuff. It can be, sec it's very second nature for us as sensitive empaths, but having that awareness and intentionality is super, super helpful. So, and you'll love that cord cutting meditation, I think. Tips for co combating codependency. On this one, I think again, it's first and foremost looking at our patterns. Why are we falling into this? What is, what does this look like for us? I, I definitely fell into codependency for a long time and I didn't even realize that I was doing it. And for me, a lot of it was attaching my value to um, taking care of everyone else and making sure everyone else was safe. But another, or like happy and safe and content, but um, a lot of it for me, which I later realized was actually a way to control situations because I was so anxious. Um, I felt out of control and nervous if anyone was potentially upset or things weren't just so. And so I would fall into these codependent behaviors and try to like control everything because I was so afraid of the discomfort that I might feel because I was anxious, right? And so it's a whole mess of things. There's a lot to it. And this is something we'll be diving into in that relationships module in the, in the course. But yeah, it's kind of like looking at like, why am I doing this? What does it look like for me? Okay. Couple other questions here. Um, Kate, do you have any tips on breaking up with a significant other? I feel like it's 10 times harder for HSPs. I recently did it for the first time because the relationship was no longer serving me, but it was the toughest thing I've ever done. Ugh, yes considered staying in it instead of being honest. Yeah, that's really hard. And it's, I think it's definitely going to be a big challenge for us as HSPs. And so I'm going to go back to my same advice with having ways to soothe yourself through it, because like, that's huge that you took the, the, um, step to end the relationship because you knew it wasn't right for you. That's a huge step. That's not easy to do. And so I know that for a lot of us that can then make us feel guilty, like we did something wrong or bad. Um, and so having ways to soothe yourself, be like, okay, like whether that's, you know, going for walks or meditating or doing the EFT tapping, like ways that are going to make you feel good and feel comfortable are huge. And also just being honest with yourself, like why, like a lot of times we are so um, fixated on 
putting everyone else's needs before our own. And also it's like, it's important to honor our own needs too and trust that you did the right thing and you did what was best for you and that's a beautiful way to honor yourself. And so it's not an easy thing and there's not one straightforward answer. But I think it's just coming back to kind of trusting yourself and doing things that can soothe you through the discomfort and through the pain and also feeling your feelings. That's, that's a huge thing I should have led with that. Feeling your feelings like it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be uncomfortable and that's normal. We can't, you know, we can't deny that. And as deep feeling people, we're gonna feel a lot naturally. And so doing the work to really process and feel our emotions, and that's like a whole other topic of conversation, but I do have a podcast episode that's all about feeling your feelings and emotion regulation. So I would definitely recommend that because we don't want our feelings to get stuck and we don't wanna just like try to mentally process everything. Like we're emotional beings. So we wanna let ourselves feel those feelings and move through them. Jennifer asks, do you think there is a difference between HSPs and empaths? Yes, I, there is a difference. There is usually a lot of overlap. So the main way I find the difference is that I believe that most HSPs are empaths, but I don't think that every empath is an HSP. So highly sensitive people are going to not only be um, sensitive to other people's emotions, but they're also going, we're also going to be more sensitive to things like fabrics, lights, sleep, um, smells like we're more sensitive to everything versus with an empath they're going to be specifically sensitive to other people's emotions and energy but might not be so affected by the lights in the room or things like that and so a highly sensitive empathic person is going to have the sensory sensitivities and also the a lot of that emotional energetic sensitivity and a lot of empathic people are very spiritual very connected with a higher power and again that's just that openness that sensitivity to to the world around us so um and yeah let me know if you have any other questions at all i'm here for you i'm here to support you and i like genuinely really appreciate you all showing up with your great energy and your questions and being supportive of each other in the comments it's like such an awesome thing and i feel so honored to get to be here and to work with all of you so thank you everyone and I hope you have an amazing night and I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.